0: hello hello hello, and welcome back to untethered minds well, i
1: guess it's kind of more welcome back to us <laughs> 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 took a little hiatus much needed hiatus yeah. um went on vacation uh, mm-hmm. to maui of all places yeah um yeah went on front street was was there for a couple of days and yeah, that's kind of nuts all that stuff happened.
0: Absolutely crazy that yeah. we were there a month and a half ago, the first time I had ever been. Yeah. You hadn't been since you were a teenager, right. and we spent the whole day on Front Street, which is completely burned down now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, like, it actually is. actually very sad. It
1: is. Uh, I suspect a lot of foul play with that. Yeah.
0: It, and I think we should talk about that like in an upcoming episode will. once more yeah. comes out, because... <laughs> But, a lot is not adding up.
1: But we, uh, the reason, another reason we took such of a hiatus is like uh, we said in one of our promotion videos that we want to start doing deep dives. Mm-hmm. So this is our first deep dive episode yeah. um, and it's so detailed that it's going to be a three part series, <laughs> two to three part series, yeah. depending on how long we record. Yeah. Um, this one's very special to both of us because this was kind of our red pill moment. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw this documentary called loose change and it was a documentary that poked all the holes in the official stories of nine 11, uh, the official narrative. Um, and for me, I saw it probably a year or so after it came out in 2006, 2007 and, I looked at that and I'm like, holy crap. What else are they lying about? Yeah. Uh, Most of everything. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Most of everything. I didn't
0: question anything until I saw it. And it was my uh, junior year AP English teacher, Miss Four. Shout out. I really like her more now that I know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she basically gave us a list of um, documentaries to watch and then write a paper on. And Loose Change was on it. And I was always interested in like, weird topics like the black plague and like 9-11 like it intrigued me for some reason the darkness to it
1: that's a subtle way of red killing people
0: yeah and so i watched it again like what a junior in high school saw 17 Mm -hmm. i was just like what what right and then when you and i met each other we talked about how we both enjoy conspiracies and when we were on our first date we were talking about The thing that got us into it it was both loose change Mm -hmm. this documentary about 9 11. so this is like the perfect jumping off point for us to kind of elevate our content more you know we spent the last couple months kind of figuring out like where are we going with this what are we doing well what are we not doing well What do we want to change reflected a lot upon it and we just at this point it's like okay we are here to point out what's happening, help bring you guys into the fold of like, not everything as, right. as it seems. Just the facts. Yeah. Cause it's very hard to fight a system. Right. And to get your voice out enough yeah. to fight that system is nearly impossible. Yeah. So the system doesn't censorship. like it when you call out the system. Exactly. <laughs> you guys, the struggle with promoting any of our content has been so strong. So yeah. we took some time, kind of reevaluated. We also want to keep this as, as positive a space as possible. Like pushing further hate into the world because we're posting content that people don't agree with and it becomes these huge fights on TikTok and stuff like it's not good period. You know,
1: I mean, I mean it had its fun moments for sure. For sure. (laughs) Yes. But, but yeah, uh, I think, I think what we did was we just took some time, reevaluated, retooled and kind of went back to the drawing board on what we were doing. Um, So we actually have, lots of stuff down uh coming down the pipeline uh that we we have in the works that we're working on um where we kind of want to do like a umbrella company called tether together Mm -hmm. um and with that is it's going to be promoting the togetherness of humanity that we're all in this struggle together i mean it really is hunger games type stuff out there we're the ruling elite and the rest of us right and so if we can just do whatever we can to unite people in a positive way as opposed to, hey, you suck, you suck. And I know that's kind of a, uh, for those of you that see this content, <laughs> I know that's kind of ironic, the fact that I'm wearing an anti-woke society shirt. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're we're anti the, uh, the agenda to indoctrinate and brainwash people into being divided, being yeah. uh, Hateful towards one another for whatever reason. You know, if you go around and and say, okay, what color are you? And then they'll say whatever color they are. But if you ask them, what color is your brain? Right. We all have the same exact brain. And that is who you are as an individual. Mm -hmm. This body is just a vehicle, it's just a a VR system in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Our brain, our consciousness is who we are as individuals. And so that's what they're trying to do is make everyone divided on the surface level. And so our whole purpose with all that is to just really try to do our part in bringing people together and realizing that it's so much bigger and deeper than what they think. Yeah, Right. Everyone's just thinking yeah. surface level stuff. Yeah. We, we're trying to unlock people's brains a little bit.
0: Right. And souls.
1: And souls. Yeah. Our yeah. subtitle The soul on that project. Is
0: the soul project. Right. And so yeah. it's like we get so caught up in the everyday stuff that it's, it's just easy to forget that at the heart of it, like we do have a heart, we have a soul and you have to nurture that. You have to take care of that. And it's not until you start doing those things that I think life becomes really good. And Tavis and I have both been through a lot in life to speak to that. Just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And just having to, you know, work on yourself and Mm -hmm. come to a better understanding of who you are and what you want your life to be like. So it's going to be a very different from what we do now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> a little bit counseling, a little bit, a lot of bit God, a lot of just faith and humanity and helping heal. So right. we're very excited to get going on that. No date. There's no date there. No. no. <laughs> we're not assigning ourselves anything. But in the meantime, like we said, we're reshaping this. We're coming at it at a new angle and we're very excited. So I think we should just jump in because we have so much stuff to get through. So Welcome officially to part one of our 9-11 Deep Dive. Yeah,
1: episode 12.
0: Okay, so before we get going, like we mentioned in the intro, Loose Change, this documentary, is basically everything we're breaking down here. It has so much information, so much evidence. It is such a great source. Um, so... Highly recommend watching it. A lot of what we talk about here is going to be in it, so you can just listen to us, too. That's okay. <laughs> but it is free on YouTube if you want to see the full thing. It's great. So, what's the official story of 9-11? Uh,
1: terrorists with box cutters took over three planes, uh, four planes, four planes, um, and then... They ran two into one of each of the towers, one in a field, and one in the Pentagon. The World Trade Center in New York yeah,
0: City, Manhattan, Mm -hmm. Pentagon in, is it Virginia? Yeah. And then, yeah, that field in Virginia, too. I think there were 18 or 19 hijackers in total.
1: Something like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So... It's bowl. But,
1: but we knew who they were because their passports didn't burn up. Yeah. They, they yeah. luckily fell to the ground
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. for FBI. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs>
0: let's, let's get into this here because that is a story that I don't think anyone believes. I don't even know how much like real research you have to do into this topic before you realize it's all a crock of
1: crap. Well, and that's the thing too. This is one conspiracy theory that is bipartisan. Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't matter what political side you're on. Yeah. Everyone believes the government Yeah,
0: did Yeah. And honestly, even the, the year following, two years, three years following this whole disaster, I'm going to call it a disaster because I don't call it an attack.
1: It was a false flag <laughs> It was flag an attack event.
0: from within. You know, it's coming from inside the house. It was a false flag event. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it, even like two, three years after the fact, people were really mad and asking questions just because of the way it was all handled. And clearly people lost their lives. So it was like you know they wanted answers right. and they weren't Thankfully getting them so. cuz at the end of it i it was nearly 3000 people died it was mm-hmm. like four short of 3000 <laughs> so that's a big a big death toll there with no answers so osama bin laden was blamed for this whole thing right right all the evidence that the bush administration and the parties running this investigation all their evidence of osama bin laden being behind it were just like unbelievable events in a way. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, then they supposedly started finding videotapes with him admitting to it. Right. But like, dude, how many people speak Arabic? (laughs) Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There was a video of Osama bin Laden in a room with another quote unquote accomplice talking in detail about the attacks. Um, That was like the biggest, like one of the biggest things of proof they had. Um, It was shown all over by the media and even Bush was pushing it. So it was like, right. like, look, 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 there's evidence. But in reality, a lot of international agencies really debate the validity of the video. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was this first evidence. Well,
1: even piece. one of the um, heads of Al-Qaeda came forward and said, we will hand over Osama bin Laden if mm-hmm. you can prove mm-hmm. that he did it. He was behind it. Right. If you give us the evidence, we will hand him over.
0: Right. And then, too, the second video that came out... Um, it was Osama bin Laden, November 19th, 2001, where he is supposedly praising the attacks, but he's not taking responsibility for that. Right. So it's like, okay, cool. He can talk about it. He hates Americans. He's probably like, hats off, guys, you know. <laughs> well, they
1: blamed him for the bombing in 93 of the World Trade Center. Did they, too? too? Of course mm-hmm.
0: they did. Of course. But the crazy thing about this second video was that the day before, a Taliban official claimed that he attended Osama bin Laden's funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, It was December 26, 2001, due Mm -hmm. to an untreated lung complication. Oh,
1: oh, I thought it was kidney failure. Mm -mm. His lungs.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So I also read something that he was actually in New York like six weeks before 9-11 at a hospital and Giuliani paid him a visit. I don't mm-hmm. know how much that of that is true, mm-hmm. um, but I remember reading that around when I after I saw Loose Change and I started diving yeah. deep into it. Well,
0: there was a lot going on in the city from other people in the country too, right. or from that area that we'll get into. Um, it's just it's all very weird. Um, the third video and the last one is released on October ninth, two thousand and four. Days before the presidential election. And this is like their clearest claim that he is taking responsibility for 9-11. Um, but again, it's not him saying, right. I did it, guys. Come and get me. Um, and then on his FBI wanted poster, 9-11 is not listed as a reason for him being right, wanted. Right. Um, It's not mentioned on his poster because the FBI has no hard evidence connecting him to 9-11. You know, they're (laughs)
1: telling everybody it was him.
0: Yeah, you can't put it on there unless it's actually something they're um, on the hook for. They actually have evidence against.
1: Right. What you would think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of weird. Um, And then when you get down to actually look at the evidence that they are saying, you know, well, this is how we know. That these were the hijackers, this was their plan, blah, 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 blah. Again, these are kind of weird things. They had two bags belonging to Muhammad Atta. You also have to give me slack for using these Middle Eastern mm-hmm. names, they're very hard to pronounce. So, two bags belonging to Muhammad Atta at the Portland airport. The bags were checked, but they didn't actually make the flight, which is very convenient if you ask me. Within those bags, he had a 757 video tour and flight manual to guide the plane um, flying. He had an Arab English dictionary, a Quran, a handheld flight computer, and his will.
1: Why would he have his will if he's going to suicide on a plane that's going to catch on fire, supposedly? Why Mm -hmm. would
0: you bring a paper will? And then it just magically doesn't get on the flight. Right, right. Um, and so, then,
1: So do you have anything in there about Osama Bin Laden's past? Not really, no. He was a CIA informant for George Bush Sr. When George Bush Sr. was really? head of the CIA before he was president. Hmm. So that Bush family, man. So Clintons are bad, but yeah. that Bush family is just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. Like they are bad, bad people. Um. I mean, what did we find out about the CIA and JFK? Right. Right. And then 10 years later or so, 15 years later or so, George Bush is head of it. Mm -hmm. Also, I believe his father was an accountant or banker or something along those lines for Hitler during World War II.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It really goes back. Mm -hmm. Everybody's connected. Yeah. There was a hijacker's rental car at the Logan Airport which in it, they found an Arabic flight manual, a restricted pass for the airport so they could get through as, you know, supposed flight, well, not flight attendants, pilots. Um, they also had uh, documents from Huffman Aviation. So again, just more things to help them guide their flight. And then there was another hijacker's rental car found at Dulles Airport. Um, they, inside there was a check for a flight school in Phoenix. Instructions about the job, like step by step. Here's how you're gonna take over the plane, written out, like in come English. On yeah, in
1: English, even yeah. though they speak Arabic.
0: Oh, but that's what the <laughs> Arabic English dictionary is for. No, like, come on. there's also four drawings of a 757 cockpit, a knife, and maps of Washington and New York. So very, very,
1: very convenient. All right.
0: Here we go. This really gets nuts. So again, these some of those
1: guys are still locked up in Guantanamo Bay.
0: Of course, they're paying the price, getting tortured every day. Yeah, Lord, we have to. We should talk about Guantanamo Guantanamo yeah. Bay at some point. Yeah. That's a whole thing. Um, but even sketchier than all of that evidence, quote unquote is the fact that despite the Twin Towers being hit by planes and then supposedly collapsing because of the damage, right, fully collapse into themselves, there's crap everywhere. Everything's on fire. (laughs) It's a mess. But out of all of that, one of the hijackers' passports was found below the Twin Towers after Mm -hmm. the fact. Excuse me?
1: (laughs) With, like, slight little burn marks on it.
0: (laughs) So ridiculous. Um, There were ID cards found that were half burned, passports, business card, a driver's license for the hijackers. All of these things found undestroyed, pointing right to them. All these are the guys. Wow. Robert Mueller, who is the director of the FBI at the time, said that all of these assailants used prepaid calling cards and exchanged money for the jobs in very small amounts so that they would not trigger the FBI to look into them and whatnot. Mm -hmm. They just happened to slip by the radar. Well, that turned out to be untrue <laughs> because Lieutenant General, here we go, Mahmoud Ahmed, that was good, the director of the Pac- Pakistani Inner Services Intelligence Agency, the ISI, wired $100,000 to Muhammad Atta, one of the pilots who took over the plane, in August 2001. This transfer was facilitated by Saeed Sheik, who was a man who allegedly kidnapped and murdered a Wall Street Journal reporter, Daniel Pearl, who was investigating the ties to ISI and Islamic militants, which turned out to be al-Qaeda. All of that, and they sent $100,000 payment to one of their hijackers, and that got by the FBI. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're coming out, oh, no, there were never payments that big. No, that never happened. Well, people were asking questions, and they were putting it under the rug. Like, there was a White House press conference, right? And I want to say it was Robert Mueller up there talking, and one of the reporters was asking him, what about the $100,000 that went to Otta, the hijacker? And the guy just kind of, like, stepped around it, didn't really answer the question, and then they omitted that whole section of the, you know, questioning from the actual report, the press Mm -hmm. conference report, after the fact. Mm -hmm. So that if you hadn't seen it live, you wouldn't know that that was asked. Why are they hiding that? You know, little dude, anybody know the ISI has a very long relationship with the CIA dating back to the 1980s in Afghanistan. So these people have been tied together for decades at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, And then to make it worse. General Mahmoud Ahmed was meeting with Bob Graham and Porter Goss, who were the f- future directors of the CIA, on the morning of 9-11. Coincidence? I don't know. Um, they later...
1: CIA so evil. Right. <laughs> they really are, man. Yeah.
0: And they had to come out and say that the Bush administration had zero intelligence over these attacks prior, right. even though they were meeting. <laughs> there is a relationship with them the CIA the State Department and then when Mahmoud Ahmed was outed for wiring that money to his hijacker he actually stepped down from his position yeah, he resigned yeah and the government just continued here in the U.S. to really try to cover up that hundred thousand dollar wire transfer due to all of it in addition a handful of hijackers trained at U.S. military bases and schools very sus <laughs> um some even rented an apartment and lived with an fbi informant many of them are reported to still be alive after the attack as well also sus
1: mm-hmm.
0: they were told or we were told that they were all fundamentalist muslims getting ready for their afterlife after committing this you know atrocious event when in reality they were out at bars and strip clubs and right. picking up hookers like Doing all of these things. They were also at porn shops, ordering pornos at the hotel room. Like, come on.
1: They were living their life.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were a lot more often going out than visiting mosques. You can say that much. So how much can we believe that these were the guys doing it? Right. You know, this just doesn't doesn't add up. When it comes down to whether or not we had prior knowledge about the hijackers, the fact is we did, and they tried to cover it up. Right. So there was a military intelligence group, so to speak, um, called Able Danger. It was led by Anthony Schaefer. And he said that they had prior information about, I think it was Muhammad Adda. Um, Yeah, Muhammad Atta, who them saying that he might be, you know, in on something here. They knew about him. In 2000, there were three meetings scheduled with the FBI about these hijackers to talk more about what they had found, and all of them were canceled. Mm-hmm. And then when Anthony Schaefer was in Afghanistan, and he actually talked with them in 2000, he told them about the guy. So sounds like they knew. <laughs> right. um, he was supposedly drawn into this chart that kind of mapped out all the cells, the different um, terrorist cells in Afghanistan. And when they sent over all of this evidence to the Pentagon, it said that only a fourth of it, yeah, only a fourth of the files that they submitted were even put into the evidence at the end of it. So there's all this missing stuff. And then when they actually pulled the charts for those terrorist cells, it showed that they were actually, Muhammad Atta wasn't ever in it. So they kind of altered these. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, chart supposedly too
1: so my thing is is as far as all that's concerned Mm -hmm. so did our government plan this through pakistan or was pakistan already planning this and our intelligence agencies found out about it and used it to their advantage
0: that's interesting that's interesting you know yeah i don't know there's some tomfoolery no matter what though yeah. they ended up going to court over this matter because anthony schaefer with Able danger was saying no 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 no. there was a lot more than y'all actually are taking into account um and then they were in court and his attorney was pleading that he did have the charts with muhammad atma in them muhammad atta in them until 2004 the originals Um, And that the former DOD, sorry, there was a former DOD official who testified that he was ordered to destroy up to 2.5 terabytes of data. And that right there is equal to a fourth of the written files within the Library of Congress. (coughs) That's a crap ton of information to just destroy, like Mm -hmm. what was in there, Mm -hmm. you know? And after this all happened, Anthony Schaefer had a security clearance pulled he had to get prior authorization to meet with anyone co- in Congress or the Senate after everything. So he was basically blackballed mm-hmm. because he was talking about all this other evidence. Mm-hmm. So it just it makes you think, you know, were these were these Muslims actually on a mission? You know, were they devout Muslims on a mission to take out these Americans, Christians, yada, yada? Or were they actually trained, funded, and protected by everybody in our country?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the latter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like, why are they covering up
1: this knowledge of them? And then, I mean, it even shows like the Pentagon planning a plane hitting it back in the 70s.
0: Yeah. Well, they even had, we'll go into that too. When we talk about the Pentagon, they were having tests of Mm -hmm. what would happen if a Pentagon hit this specific area or flew into them. And it was just like, it's so specific. Mm -hmm. It's so specific. But a lot of people don't look into it. So they can do it and get away with it anyways. But that's, that's a great point to bring up. As we transition into war games, Mm -hmm. can you describe what a war game is? People don't know. Uh,
1: It's real life exercises. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's basically playing, battle, war, whatever you want to do. So they're doing real life exercises, practice, right, to to practice for different situations. Um, So on the morning of September 11th, there was. A war game going on. Lots with, of them. With our air force. Yeah. Our air force was scrambled like crazy mm-hmm. that morning.
0: Yeah, there was a ton of stuff going on.
1: And when they found out about the hijacked planes, they even asked, "Is this real world or is this
0: mm-hmm.
1: war games or well, whatever?" They asked.
0: Right, because so the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, mm-hmm. had it on record that that morning four planes would be offline, and to not intercept them how many planes were there
1: Four. yeah
0: so people going into it thought oh these are just the four planes that we're not supposed to intercept today it's all part of a test
1: right
0: there was training about what to do if hijackers take over and head for the pentagon just months before 9-11 okay (laughs) sketch the goal was to see how quickly fighter jets could get there in time and it concluded that it was pretty impossible to save those flights so, they knew going into it, like, they weren't ever going to get to them if something like that happened. All right. Um, June 1st to June 2nd, 2001, so just months before everything happened, there was the Test Amalgam Virgo. It was simulating successful terrorist attacks. Um, it focused on unconventional attacks, including onboard hijackings. And on the cover of the training manual, are you ready for this? There was a photo of Osama bin Laden.
1: Hmm. Huh. Wonder why.
0: Interesting. The Vigilant Guardian 911 was another war game going on at the time. Um, the exercise was staged by Joint Chiefs and NORAD. It was all controlled by a branch of the Global Guardian, which is a mass Armageddon exercise at an Air Force base. So they do all these weird tests. I would love to get into that more and see all the other crazy things they do. Um, But these tests simulated hijacked planes in Northeast United States. Very specific. These drills were held at two Air Force bases in Washington, and Bush visited both before heading back to the White House on 9-11. Why would he do that? Mm -hmm. Seems odd to me. Another one happening, this one was on 9 9, so September 9th, also run by NORAD, was the Northern Vigilance Test. Um, it moved fighter jets to Canada and Alaska to monitor a fleet of rough uh, Russian potential, I don't know, Russian threats. And so. Yeah. Um, and so they sent basically all these fighter jets elsewhere, like as far away as they could get from the East Coast all the way over to friggin' Alaska and Canada. They placed inputs into military radars. So they were like, you know, this is a fake simulated aircraft on the radars. They were called Phantoms, I guess, so that they just, again, didn't really question what these planes were. Three F-16s that were located within 15 miles of the Pentagon were also sent to North Carolina for a training mission at this time. Again, moving planes away. Um, And then the Army base that's 10 miles south of, of the Pentagon was going to test security in case of a terrorist attack within this whole test too. So like, again, just very specific in getting our military out of the areas where we would need them. Another war game. There's so many. Like, why were these things going on all around the same time? Tripod two. um, Employees were working on the 23rd floor of the World Trade Center. And all these employees were preparing for a biological attack for a drill that was scheduled for September 12th. The day after, they also got attacked. And then the National Reconnaissance Office in Virginia began a drill at 8.45 a.m. on September 11th that was conducted by the CIA, simulating if a plane crashed into their building. (coughs) What were they going to do? Meanwhile, there were more war games happening that had yet to be disclosed. So the fact that there was even more going on, too, its like, what are you guys doing? Why is it all on this day? Right. It's just weird.
1: They scrambled everybody. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So that when the issue is happening and people are potentially seeing it on their radars and reacting to it, they're like, oh, no, it's just a test. It's fine. Right. That was weird. I remember learning about that and just being like, Phew. that right there is very hard to dispute, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. Because the, it's all documented. Yeah. They were doing all that.
0: Right. So in the morning of 9-11, we were running drills about hijacked air, aircrafts going in and out of radar. The fighter jets are flown away from the U S and planes are crashed into buildings. Like, tell me that's a coincidence. You know, all of those drills were happening in reality. They were actually happening. Right. It's too freaking weird.
1: Well, those specific ones too. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. So we've talked about the war games. We've talked about the hijackers, hiding the hijackers information. Um, This next piece that just doesn't fit, doesn't make sense is the fact that, the Twin Towers were the first two skyscrapers in history to collapse due to fire damage. Right. And the more that you listen to this, the crazier it gets. Although in reality, once you really start to think of the physics of it, does it make sense at all that two planes crash into buildings and then those buildings completely collapse?
1: mm It
0: really doesn't. No. So these buildings actually were Especially built...
1: Especially skyscrapers like that. Mm-hmm. And like, they were right. reinforced steel all the way around.
0: Yes. So these two buildings were built to be safe in the case of a collision with a Boeing 707. 757s were what crashed in a building. A 707 has even more jet fuel and goes faster than the Boeing 757 that flew into the towers. And the buildings were built to survive an incident with a bigger plane that has more jet fuel that's faster. Okay. So the manager of the World Trade Center construction project, he came out his name is frank demartini he said the building was designed to be so strong that it could sustain the impact of a fully equipped 707 plane like we talked about which was the largest plane at the time of building this um the world trade centers he describes it as like a net stopping a fly right so if a fly runs into a net it just kind of catches it right it doesn't Right, fall well, through and then the net falls apart the
1: architect <laughs> that designed it said he built it to withstand planes crashing into it, hurricanes bombings everything basically yeah. be indestructible
0: yeah no he went on and said that he believed it could, sus- it could sustain multiple impacts right. of jetliners because it was so strong um he said it would be like a pencil puncturing a screen netting mm-hmm. so just that makes no sense He recorded this statement on January 1st, 2001, and has since been missing since Mm 9-11. So that's a little sketch, too. John Skilling, who was the World Trade Center's head structural engineer, told the Seattle Times after the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center that if a plane struck the building, there would be a horrendous fire, but the building structure would still be there.
1: So all these people that actually know about the construction of the building are saying, no, that's not possible. Like the head
0: of construction. Yeah. Right. It makes no sense then in August 21st of 2002 the National Institute of Standards and Technology NIST for short commenced its investigation into the buildings collapsing they reported to the US Department of Commerce and the two who headed up these investigations were both Bush appointees Mm. of course so people working on the inside they did all these fire resistance tests um, for actual materials the building was made out of and in August of 2004 they did tests with pieces of the floor that was actually used in the World Trade Center. Um, and they put these pieces of floor, this material, in even hotter temperatures than were recorded at the World Trade Center. And the floors did not destruct the way that they did in the towers. Mm-hmm. Um, the final report was over 10,000 pages long, and it does not explain the actual collapse of the buildings. and says, quote, the collapse became inevitable. And there was no evidence suggesting the World Trade Center was brought down by controlled demolition. And yet there is some proof that it may have been. It's really crazy too when you look up YouTube videos of controlled demolitions. Yeah.
1: Well, if you watch the towers falling, you see little puffs of smoke coming out from the lower windows.
0: Before it collapses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like puff smoke collapse.
1: Well, and then um, the cleanup crew that was cleaning up all the rubble and stuff. I mean, the, the concrete pillars in the center of the buildings uh-huh. were soldered in, in half at an angle. Mm-hmm. And so that's you only do that when you're doing a controlled demolition. Right. And then that was the thing, too. I forgot what day it was, but there was a few days before 9-11 uh, that they cleared both towers because of a quote-unquote bomb threat. So they went in there with a the bomb squad a few days before.
0: Mm, Placing yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, uh, and
1: the guy them. that owned both the towers took out insurance policy two or three weeks beforehand.
0: Can you see the evidence lining up yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you are listening and you still believe that it was Osama bin Laden, there's, there's no helping you. Yeah. <laughs> So different proof that it could and most likely was more of a controlled demolition situation was that there was this material blown outwards Mm -hmm. from the building. Um, And then the towers, when they collapse, they collapse straight down into their own footprint perfectly Mm -hmm. at like free fall speeds, Mm -hmm. which is so impossible. Like with Newton's law of motion, it just doesn't add up. Um, in the case of a control demolition, the towers would have gone down in 9.2 seconds, and the final report said that the South Tower collapsed in 10 seconds, mm-hmm. essentially in free fall. So again, it's very, very close there. Mm-hmm. Um, the building should not have fallen that quickly if it were due to fire, and if it actually had it fallen... It would have been
1: like piece by piece. Yeah,
0: or asymmetrically, like falling right. over, like right. a tipping, leaning over kind of effect. Right. It just it wasn't well, like sense. when you
1: burn like wood, like a campfire, whatever. You see it like collapse on itself and everything else. Yeah,
0: it just it completely goes against right. how steel behaves. Right, it's more falling off. And it was melting the steel. Yeah. Well, then we'll talk about the actual like the temperatures of it. It makes yeah. no sense either how mm-hmm. it could have gotten that hot. Yeah. Um, the molten metal was over two thousand degrees Fahrenheit. That was found in the rubble. Even with heavy rain, a constant stream of fire retardants and waters being put on these fires for weeks, it took them like two months before the fires actually went out. They were that hot. Mm -hmm. You're telling me they're going to get that hot from just a fire? Mm -hmm. That's explosion type hot, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Well, that's intentional.
0: (sighs) Was jet fuel really to blame? They say no because the steel didn't melt. The steel was still there. Firefighters and court testimonies reported seeing the molten steel, but the government wouldn't admit to ever seeing it in that state because they'd have to admit that it was too hot for it to be a fire. The government said that it was too difficult to get metal that hot, and there was proof from heat maps that ground zero was as hot as those eyewitness accounts claim through thermal imaging. Mm -hmm. It just showed like the base of the World Trade Center being like red, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everything else around it is not. So, it's very interesting. Um, Molten metal was also observed prior to the South Tower collapse on video. A minute and 20 seconds before the collapse, there were large amounts of white smoke starting to come from the base of the South Tower. Mm -hmm. The concrete and everything except the metal was absolutely pulverized as it collapsed as well. So, it was kind of like only the metal was around. It created these pyroclastic dust clouds that absolutely covered the city. Um, These kind of clouds happen only two times, And those two times are during volcano eruptions and controlled demolitions.
1: No way. No
0: way. (laughs) So these steel beams Mm -hmm. that weighed up to 2,000 pounds were supposedly thrown up to like 500 feet away from the building. They found these things far out. Um, The beams were lodged in buildings nearby. Again, Mm -hmm. what kind of power is behind that? There has to be energy pushing that thing that far out like a bomb. You can't, you can't fake that stuff.
1: I just, there was so much that refuted the jet fuel thing. Yeah. And they just kept sticking to the story.
0: I know. I know. The jet fuel, the jet fuel, the jet fuel.
1: (laughs) Go back to sleep, America. Everything's fine. Mm
0: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Firefighters and eyewitnesses both reported explosions before and during the collapse some of the explosions were happening in the lower levels of the building yeah. or even below it. Yeah, like people, people in the were subway. saying they
1: were in the lobby and then it was blown up yeah. like underneath them.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. Literally people in the subway were like, whoa, what's going on? Because mm-hmm. they're right underneath everything, which doesn't make any sense again if the building's falling due to the crash happening at what, like the 70th floor. So that makes no sense. And many doubt that kind of damage could occur from jet fuel because there were reports too saying it looked like a bomb went off in the lobby. Right just it makes no sense we also what did we see this on tiktok of that firefighter i think so there was this huge case basically um a firefighter named ori palmer
1: mm-hmm.
0: he supposedly made it to the 70th uh, floor
1: Is youtube
0: youtube okay yeah. um he supposedly made it to the 70th floor which was uh, the point 74th. of impact 74th 74th Yeah. Okay. So the point of impact, like where the planes actually hit the building. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in the stairwell um, and there's recording of him, what, calling into his officers or something, talking about. When he
1: got to the point of impact, he basically said they had the fire contained to Mm -hmm. two pockets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said with maybe another hose up there, they'll be able to get it down.
0: Yeah. And he was by himself. He's like, I think I got this covered. Well, I mean, he had a couple guys with him. Yeah. He just said, we've basically got it all under control. Uh It's okay. A minute after that transmission where he talked about everything being under control, the building fell. And so he was, you know, sadly killed in the collapse. Uh But they had to go to a lawsuit and filed under the Freedom of Information Act to Uh actually get this tape released of him saying the fires are contained. I think we're good to go. Because his family was like, he died. And we know that he was up there. You know, we've heard that he made it and everything's okay. They weren't releasing this audio because, again, it's very damaging. Um, When he was up there, he said there was a stairwell that was still well intact. And they could have made it with more people out. Um, So it just begs you to wonder, like, how is this the worst architectural failing, like, in history? Right. Because, again, these are the only towers that have ever fell.
1: On a day that our military was practicing that terrorist attack.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that the hijackers were known about for X amount of time beforehand and that the only evidence of them actually doing this were most likely BS. Right. There's more though.
1: Yeah. There's always more.
0: (laughs) If that's not enough for you. Um, So most of the steel from the building in the wreckage was shipped overseas like really quickly. There was absolutely no possibility for independent investigations. Mm-hmm. Um, there were four companies hired to do debris removal, and they were heavily monitored and controlled by a like security team. So much so that each dump truck had a GPS locator installed, and one of the drivers went on like a longer lunch break than anticipated, and he got fired. Cause they just, they didn't, they're like, where's this guy? What is he doing? What does he have? Like, it was so freaking secretive. By April, 2002, over 185,000 tons of Brie were removed. FEMA's assessment team weren't ever granted access to the area. And if they did show up there looking for information, they had to be toured around and couldn't take any samples. So FEMA comes out, let's do an investigation. Let's see what we find. And they're like, mm, no, that's all right. We got it covered. Like that's that's pretty freaking weird. I
1: don't trust FEMA either, though.
0: I know, (laughs) and there are good guys here, which just shows you how screwed up this whole thing Mm is. Um, Asbestos, lead, barium, mercury, chromium, copper, and other toxic chemicals were released into the air that day in Manhattan. You got to think too of the density of Manhattan—how many people and buildings and just everything are in there. There's a
1: lot of people that have health issues now because of that day. It
0: covered everything. Mm It says that 425,000 cubic yards of concrete were pulverized, 600,000 square feet of glass turned into dust. Um, The air was not safe to breathe, and yet they urged people to get back into the city shortly after the disaster.
1: Of course they did.
0: Just a few weeks after school and Wall Street opened up again. Um, any firefighters or police were told to do work in the area with just a cloth the mask from like Home Depot when the government officials showed up. They were in hazmat suits because yeah. they knew so much more than yeah. these poor firefighters and workers do.
1: Right.
0: Um, the environmental. Oh Yeah,
1: especially the firefighters, man. There's a <sighs> lot of them that are dealing with some really serious health issues. Yeah. Right
0: now. And we'll talk about the numbers of that, too. <laughs> You bring up so many good points and we have so much data for you. <laughs> but the Environmental Protection Agency announced on September 18th, a week, a week after, that the air was safe to breathe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like <laughs> this whole thing with the, the train wreck in, what was it, Ohio? Yeah. Right? And then telling, oh yeah, it's safe. Go back.
0: Yeah. The yeah. water is safe to drink. No worries. And you're yeah. like, drink it on camera then. Mr. Governor. Mr. Right. Mayo, drinking all water. Like all right. drink it. Come on, we wanna see. Yeah, no. The administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency at the time, named Christine Whitman, released an internal memo on September twelfth that all statements to the media about the state of the area should be brought to and cleared by the National Security Council before they're released. So now they're trying to control what everybody saw, what everybody knows. You got to bring it in and get it secured before you are able to release it. They were deleting caution statements about the status of the area and trying to keep them more positive. Get rid of the bad ones, keeping the good ones. Um, for example, the EPA came out with the original—I don't know—headline or this was just a line in one of the reports saying that. Testing terrorized sites for envir- environmental hazards. And the White House changed that line to reassures public about environmental hazards. Just trying to make it sound more pretty. Another statement they changed, quote, recent samples of dust on Water Street show higher levels of asbestos. The White House changed it to new samples confirm ambient air quality meets OSHA standards, not a cause for public concern. Hmm. White House also left out a warning completely that had stated air samples raised concerns for cleanup workers and office workers near Water Street just completely nixed it so <laughs> that's wonderful uh, people were dying it's like they're
1: hiding something
0: yeah you think <laughs> you think but people were dying from exposure to these toxic chemicals in working environments like this is highly highly toxic stuff the EPA released that people don't need to evacuate their homes in the area and get this. All I needed to clean things up were a wet rag or a wet mop. That's it.
1: No disinfectant. No, no.
0: just sweep it up and mop it down. Like, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah.
0: More people died post 9-11 because of these poisons over the amount of people actually killed in the buildings and in the wreckage of everything, mm-hmm. which is wild. As of 2006, 70% of the 40,000 ground zero workers developed respiratory problems and hundreds developed cancer to which eight died from. Mm -hmm. A majority of the victims of the World Trade Center were denied proper burial and treated very badly as well. So any of those actually killed on 9-11, there was a pile of 5,000 tons of ash in the Fresh Kills landfill where they took all this ash to, and that contained 1,148 victims that were never identified. Mayor Bloomberg at the time denied people's request for burial, saying he, he himself only visited his father's grave once, so he didn't think that people needed it. He doesn't go to his father's grave, so why does anybody need to bury their family and friends?
1: Yeah, yeah, public servant. Right?
0: <laughs> Lord. Human remains were discovered up to four hundred feet away from the South Tower on the roof of the Deutsche Bank building. Bone fragments were found there. Like there's just human remains and asbestos and like all over Manhattan. But go back to work. Go back to Wall Street. I'm Keep safe. making money. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, it's back just to sleep America. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. It's it's really scary. Um So, we could literally stop this podcast right here, right now, an hour in, and I think it would convince most people that this was an inside job.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: You know, just this much evidence. We've literally only covered the two towers. Mm -hmm. There is another, like, three buildings, the Pentagon, the (laughs) field crash, like, oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: building, what was it, five, six,
0: and seven? Yep, 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 yep. Yep. So, we have a lot more to discuss, but, I mean, like I said, this could be stopped there. What are your thoughts up to this point?
1: Well, I think if you live in this country and you haven't looked into 9-11 at all, um Why? <laughs> you know like I mean like I said it's kind of a bipartisan issue
0: yeah
1: right it was something that affected all of us and then afterwards we all had this huge sense of patriotism right like it brought the country together it really did yeah Um. you know and we were all anti-terrorists and all that other yeah. stuff right yeah. Um. and so in that aspect I I don't understand why people haven't looked into it. Right. You know, and I do feel like there are a lot of people that just blissfully live their lives. Yeah. You know, and they don't pay attention to politics or right. anything like that. And they just live their life. And, you know, kudos to them, yeah. right? If they can do that. Ignore this. Yeah. Uh, is I bliss. can't turn it Blissful off, ignorance. man. It, I know. It's I know. constantly on my mind all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it just shows you how dark everything really is, you know? Well,
1: so so kind of like what we started. So I, I saw this when it came out, 2005, 2006, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, and ever since then, I've been in a conspiracy rabbit hole. Yeah. Just diving deep, diving deep, diving deep. And like I've told you a hundred times, it's been a long lonely road it's really only been like the last five six years that people really started waking up to things and still to this day there's a lot of people that are still asleep right so i think this is the perfect jump off spot it was for me it was for you and i know it's been for many many others as well right 9-11 is one of those things that it's irrefutable
0: right right like
1: it it doesn't matter if you're a republican, democrat, anything in between, whatever. The facts are the facts. Right. They're there. Yeah. And there's plenty of proof of it. Yeah. And you know, I mean, even democrats, it was Bush. it was a republican president. So why 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 aren't they on board? For yeah, it? I know. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, it's just the same goes thing like everybody has something to gain from it. I would right. love to look up actually like how much money the military industrial complex complex made after in terms of ask, yeah, Afghanistan, that can be a part three. Iraq, the whole thing, you know, I'd have to look into that. Um,
1: that could be a part three.
0: Yeah. But like you're saying, there's just so much irrefutable evidence that I almost feel like they had, after everybody started questioning things so much, because it was pretty immediate that people mm-hmm. were like, oh, I don't know if this is right. Um, I think they kind of realized like, okay, maybe we need to be a little bit sneakier about our psyops going right. forward you know cuz this one has so much evidence and they just kind of tried to sweep it under the rug because people yep. were catching on and i think now they're a bit sneakier with their tactics because yep. this event was like so highly disputed
1: Well, it was sloppy. Very. It was very sloppy. Well, um, and it's like how
0: dumb do you think we are
1: <clears throat> at that time? Yeah. Well, you got to think they're not I as mean, dumb as we are now. <laughs> well, i think i think it's kind of gone both directions. I think back then no one expected their government to be capable of doing something so heinous right
0: i mean do you remember the moment that you were like oh my gosh like the call is coming from inside the house something Mm -hmm. like right i always thought bush was a good guy right because we grew up republicans and he was fine
1: uh i'm I'm not sure but i still think to this day my mom loves george w bush yeah she thinks well because all the stuff he does with veterans all the time he does do a lot of stuff with the veterans That's good pr well like well
0: (laughs) he has to because he orchestrated okay so
1: here is my viewpoint of george w bush um i believe that his father was extremely evil right yeah i think george w bush was one of those guys that kind of doesn't necessarily want to be evil but he has to follow the family lineage yeah he
0: doesn't really have a choice you know
1: what i mean and so i do think he tries to make up for it for the other stuff i really do think he might have somewhat of a humanity Mm -hmm. you know piece in there somewhere um because he does do a lot of stuff and like he paints pictures for like veterans and everything like of them and stuff you know so um but at the end of the day he still gave the okay But here's the thing, too. Dick Cheney was his vice president. Mm -hmm. Dick Cheney and George Bush Sr. go hand in hand. They were buddy-buddy. Yeah. So Dick Cheney Mm -hmm. was George W. Bush's handler. So whatever he was doing in office, it was actually Cheney.
0: Which is really funny you say that. And we won't talk about this till part three, but... Bush was petitioned to testify at one of the final commission hearings Mm -hmm. after all this, the investigation, and he said he would only go and do it if Cheney did it with him. Mm
1: -hmm. Because he's his handler.
0: Yeah, and he said, well, we just want to do that to get our stories as straight as possible.
1: Because it was actually Bush Sr. that was still president through Dick Cheney through his son.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Oh, my gosh. We have so much (laughs) to talk about coming up. Um, One more question for you. Yeah. Because I remember specifically, but I wonder if other people feel this way or have this memory. Like... Do you know exactly where you were, what you were doing when the towers fell this morning that everything happened? Oh yeah, I was in school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was in high school. I was my sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. Um, I was in my first period when we got the news Mm -hmm. because I was in Texas and they're two, three hours ahead. Right. Something like that.
0: Right.
1: So, um, yeah, I was in my first period and we got the news and of course they turned on the TV. Yeah. And we still had to go to all of our classes in between the periods, you know. But every class, it was on TV.
0: Yeah, it's it was indoctrination.
1: A soft morning, yeah, it's brainwashing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember my dad waking me up for school because I was, gosh, if you were a sophomore in high school, you're what, fifteen no. or so? So no, I was sixteen. I was in first grade when it happened. So yeah, that's, I was 16. I don't remember how old that is. Yeah. But so I was like about six. Um, and I just remember my dad waking me up and taking me in the living room, being like, look, what's going on? it's after the first plane hit. And then you see the footage of the second one and then them falling. And we're going to school and I was wearing my Backstreet Boys t shirt that I got at their concert that year I don't remember from what their I was tour. <laughs> and I was wearing a rose printed <clears throat> skirt.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what I was wearing.
0: Yeah. And we did like the whole Pledge of Allegiance that day was like an extra moment of silence. So, well,
1: so one thing that does stick out about that day is we were walking in, uh, in between classes, Mm -hmm. you know, in between periods and stuff. And there was this one kid that was um, screaming, we're all going to die. That's weird. As a joke. We're all going to die. I pinned this fool up against the wall. You don't joke about stuff like that. Do you know what's going on? Right. You know? So, uh, yeah. That's... I mean, at at that moment, too, we didn't really know what was going on. Right. But they just kept saying terrorist attack, terrorist attack. And so, like, it... To me, it felt like I was watching a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, this can't be real. Right. This cannot be real. And so, you know, uh, like I said, we all had that sense of patriotism and everything like that. And... You know, we were we were all united for a few years there, and then we yeah. all kind of went back to our lives, and, and then this documentary comes out, and, <laughs> and yeah. I've been questioning the government ever since. Down that hole.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird now that it's in history books. Right. You know, they're teaching it as a part of history now.
1: Yeah, but what story? But as a terrorist in? attack by right. Osama bin Laden. Right. And that's the thing. How do you really know what part of history is true? Because history is written by the victors. It's like uh, that one lady in Georgia that um, Biden gave whatever award to for her integrity in the 2020 election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She helped cheat the election. Yeah. And so it's going to go down in history is that. All these people were saying, oh, the election's stolen. And she had integrity and said, no, it wasn't. It was all legit. When it's actually the opposite. She was the one that helped cheat the system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's getting an award for integrity. Yeah. 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 Like we
0: said, question everything.
1: Everything that's good is bad and everything that's bad is good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah awesome well on that bright note Mm -hmm. (laughs) welcome to the happy future no (laughs) on that note we are going to end part one of this intriguing series please come back for part two we will be posting we have to figure out the schedule specifically um but we're planning to release these three episodes up every two weeks yeah it doesn't quite work like that i looked at the calendar whatever but we'll put on socials when we're releasing these. Uh, the um, goal
1: is to release the third one on, on or 9/11. around 9-11. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we're coming up to, what is this now, the 22nd anniversary? hmm Yikes. So come back. We'll be here in a week, maybe a week and a half or so. Um, but yeah, lots more to discuss, lots more to discuss. We're just getting started, y'all. So have a great day, morning, night, wherever you are. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for being patient. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to retool, but we're back. Yes,
0: yes. Better than
1: ever. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.